This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. This is the home of all the NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind our viewers that you can submit questions uh, during the show. Apologize, we're running a couple minutes late. We just wrapped up our All Access Legends podcast uh, with our guest today. It, it went a little long. We discussed a lot of good things. You'll be able to hear that tomorrow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you hear your podcasts. This time, I'd like to welcome in today's guest, again, the College Basketball Hall of Famer, non-College Basketball Hall of Famer, part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. We've got Grant Hill with us today. Grant, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Long time no see. <laughs> exactly. We are we'll wait for a, a couple questions to, to load in. But first, how, how's quarantine treating you? Like, what, What's quarantine looking like for you? You know, it's it's a little bit like Groundhog Day. Um, you know, <laughs> right. we, uh, you know, it's it's um, you know, we've just been we live in Central Florida, and uh, my wife and, and, and two daughters. Um, you know, we just taking it easy, and you know, just you know, doing a, a lot of the same old, same old. Um, right. You know, my wife has is MS. She has MS, and mm. uh, so we, we, you know, we've we've obviously her and her. You know, we we we've. we've We've been very careful and, mm. you know, adhering to the social distancing and, you know, our kids, um, my youngest started school and she's on, you know, virtual learning right now. And my oldest one is heading off to college in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, some changes here and there and certainly uh, school starting back up and, you know, but yeah, we're, we're, we're surviving and hanging in there and, uh, and not getting on each other's nerves <laughs> uh, considering. Now, you say that would if I asked them the same question, would they say that that you all are not getting on each other's nerve? Would they agree with you? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I might be getting on everybody's nerves uh, at this point, but no. I mean, I, I will say you try to make the most of a tough situation, and you know, it has been good, particularly with your oldest getting ready to go to college, mm. to be able all of us to be together and more yeah. family dinners, more you know, obviously in the midst of what we're going through politically. Uh, healthcare wise with, you know, COVID and social injustices, um, the, the, you know, the economy, all, you know, a lot of 2020 has been heavy. And so as a result, we've had, you know, more sort of in-depth, frank, honest conversations um, that we probably normally wouldn't have. And so, you know, we try to, you know, make some, some good out of, of certainly some difficult times. Yeah. And I do want to ask, I love your art back there, and I know you're, you're an art collector. How did you get into collecting? Uh, mostly African, you've got an African-American art collection, yes? Yeah, no, no, I do. I do. We, um, you know, uh, my, my, my dad and, and my mom collected and still collect. And uh, so certainly, um, you know, you know, I have to, to give them credit in some respects um, for at least introducing me to it at a young age. Not that I was into it or understood it. Right. Um, at the time, but, you know, for me, when I got, you know, when I, when I got to Detroit, my rookie year and, and or 
after my rookie year and I, you know, I bought a house, I started to just, you know, acquire art and, and a lot of the artists that, you know, that my parents collected and uh, a lot of African-American uh, artists, the masters, if you will, of African-American art. And, um, and so, you know, over time, you know, just started continuing to acquire. I had a, an exhibit back in the early 2000s that traveled across the country. And, um, you know, it's something that my wife and I, we just have a passion for, it's a hobby of ours. And um, and we're still, you know, I, I bought a new piece last week. And so, um, so it's something that, that's, you know, it's, it's and, and look, I mean, I, I studied history in, in college and, and mm -hmm. black history and primarily like kind of the Harlem Renaissance, the great mm -hmm. migration, uh, the 1900s in black America. And, you know, a lot of these artists were a part of those experiences, part of right. the great migration, leaving the South, going to the North. And I always say that these artists are, are you know, they're, they're historians, you know, they're capturing um, the spirit of, of you know, and, 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 and some of the atrocities and the hardships that we've endured, um, you know, as a race. And so, um, so anyway, it was, a, it was cer certainly in line with what I studied and what was of interest of, of, to me to school, and, uh, interest of me in school. And uh, it's just been a real passion. It's something that I've really enjoyed doing through the years. What's a piece, something you've got your eyes on that you, you don't own yet? Uh, you got to have a something in your cart. There's something this, yeah. this, that you got your eye on. Well, let me tell you something. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's become a, 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 a hobby that I like to say can be dangerous, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> There's so many, there's so so many great artists, and right. I've sort of, you know, one of my good friends, former, you know, NBA player, uh, an NBA legend, uh, Elliot Perry, you know, mm -hmm. played in the NBA. He's got an incredible art, art collection. You know, I, I have a lot of old masters work, and um, you know, he he years ago, ten years ago, twelve years ago, he he kind of pivoted and and went from sort of collecting a lot of the masters to now supporting you know, more emerging artists. And a lot mm -hmm. of those emerging artists that he supported are, are really hot right now. And uh, and so he, you know, as a collector, as someone who loves art and supports black art, uh, and, but also as an investor, I mean, it's an investment as well. I mean, he's someone who's done well, not that you collect for that reason. Right. Um, but um, so I've begun doing that. The problem is black art is so hot right now and the prices are, are <laughs> right, finally, finally through the roof and, and yeah. black art is a genre that is finally appreciated, you know, and, and, um, and it's so a good it means, problem. it's a good problem. No question. No question. But to answer your question, there's an artist named MacArthur MacArthur Binion. Right. And he's somebody that I've been eyeballing and talking with studios and he has a, um, he has a, uh, uh, uh an exhibit that, is I guess I guess is opening up in Chicago. It was supposed to open up earlier, but with COVID and all that. Yeah. Um, but big fan of of him and his work, and uh, and there's other Jordan Castile. Like there's some other artists as well that that I don't have that uh, that I look forward to to collecting. Got our, our first question here from Swigonski. Mm -hmm. He said, "Do you have any Basquiat pieces?" I don't. My dad has one, um, okay. but I don't have one. No, I don't have a uh, at all. I mean. He, I, um, you know, I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I, I love, I love his work and certainly very familiar with, with him and his story. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, some of those prices are up there and, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, right. uh, I, even though I've, I've done well, I try to, you know, 
I try to be smart with in terms. Oh, yeah, you got you know, moderation. Uh, moderation, but my dad has it, you know, and and you know, I'm I'm hopeful that you know at some point it'll be mine, and uh, <laughs> uh, I know although maybe he'll pass it on to my children. Who knows? Yeah, it might skip you altogether. <laughs> see, got another question here from Eric Ring ninety six. Eric mm-hmm. says, "Have you had any conversation with the guys in the bubble?" Yeah, Eric, I have. I, I've talked to some guys, um, some guys I played with, guys that you know I know uh, who, who are of the younger generation, um, and you know a lot of that was last night, late, early this morning, um, and you know just trying to get a sense and an understanding, but also you know just adding some some wisdom, some counsel to uh, and some perspective, and um, and so um, you know I think a lot of guys were. I think also what hasn't been discussed is I think I think there's been a little bit of bubble fatigue, you know, mm, and, and people definitely. away from their families. And and, and so there's, there's just a lot going on here. Um, but I have and, 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 and I'm careful. I'm an owner and, you know, and obviously. Mm. Um, but I think it's important to reach out to, to those that I know and um, and those that are friends of mine uh, to offer support, to give a different perspective as they're trying to process all this and make some incredibly difficult decisions. Uh, and the guys that I have talked to have, have been extremely receptive uh, and, you know, don't necessarily have all the answers mm-hmm. or feeling frustrated. Uh, also want to play. You know, I right. think that was the general consensus from, from talking to those guys and sort of getting their opinion on the, on the collective group. Uh, and so that was good. It was healthy. And, um, and, and to their credit, I think the players, ultimately decided to come back and play. But I think it's still an opportunity for the players and, and, and the league to figure out what more can be done. And already a lot's been done. Um, but it's an opportunity to, okay, what, what more can we do? How can we lean in further? Uh, and I think, you know, I think that's going on today. I think, you know, the league and the players are going to be meeting and, um, and brainstorming and trying to figure out, you know, what's best moving forward. Mm-hmm. Our next question here is from Peterson, Luke one. He says, who would you consider the MVP of the playoffs so far? Oh, that's a good question. The MVP of the play. Wow. There's been some incredible performances. Obviously I think Dane Lillard of the seeding games was the MVP. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to just give him his respect. Like, you know, the seeding games were the seeding games for some teams. It was just, let's just get through it. Let's get to the right. playoffs. I think, the play of obviously TJ Warren and Phoenix was amazing. And, mm-hmm. and, and there were some great performers individually, but Lillard, I think kept everybody just on their seat in these seating games and really kind of sparked the interest of, of all the, the fans that, that were at home watching it was really quite thrilling. Um, you know, I think it's hard to say, I mean, it's still early. I mean, I think Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell have been, you know, superb. Luca has been amazing. Kawhi has been steady. Uh, steady and, and, and consistent. Um, you know, I, I, I think you can, it's early, but there have been some great individual performances. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know if there is an MVP yet, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think I'm, I'm excited as a fan uh, who has, you know, and, and as an owner whose team is not there, but I'm excited <laughs> every night watching good basketball. And I think in spite of all that's swirling, all that's happening, the challenges of maybe being in the bubble, um, the players have, have been really good. And uh, the players have come out and been, you know, sensational. Right. And uh, and for that, you know, I think we're all very appreciative. 
Definitely. Go. Two here, kind of similar. We'll tie these in together. Uh, Rat Pack 7 and Temporary Stepdad. What are your thoughts on the Pistons teal jerseys versus now? And Temporary Stepdad said, when are the Pistons bringing back the old Grant Hill era? Uh, but first, <laughs> you know, what do you think about the, the, the teal jerseys then and now? You know, back then, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I remember when we first saw the teal jerseys after the 96 season and, um, you know, Alan Houston and I were there at the unveiling and, you know, that was the only time Alan wore them because he ended up leaving that summer to go to the Knicks. <laughs> and we the were uniforms kind of looking, was just too bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we were just kind of looking at it. It was like weird, like teal. And I remember for me, like, I, I, you know, I was with Fila mm -hmm. and Fila's like Fila's main colors were red, white, and blue. And so like Fila and the Pistons, red, white, like it just, it was perfect. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, and so it was hard for me. Like, I'm, you know, this is where I'm thinking I'm 20, 22 years old. And I'm thinking like, how do you match, you know, right. with Teal, you know, that's right. what's going through my mind. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I felt, you know, I feel like certain organizations, and I, you know, like the Lakers, the Celtics, like they mm -hmm. never changed their colors, the uniforms. Right. Uh, and so I, I never quite understood that. Um, and obviously the Pistons have gone back to, to, the, to their original colors. Um, but, you know, what, what I'm learning is that the 90s are kind of in and retro yeah. is big. Um, and so now, you know, teal is more popular than maybe it's ever been. Uh, <laughs> they were ahead of y'all's time. Yeah, you know, and so in this young generation, you know, well, I, I have learned that, like, you know, in Fila, I mean, I'm back working with Fila, mm -hmm. and I have a, like a, li a lifetime deal with them, but kids today like retro because there's a story, there's a history mm -hmm. there, and uh, whether it's a shoe, whether it's a jersey, and uh, and so anyway, um, you know, shoes and jerseys are are, are kind of in right now, and yeah. uh, and it'd be kind of interesting and kind of neat if the Pistons did go back even if they just for like a retro night or as an alternate uniform, mm. you know, went with the old, you know, throwback teal piston uniform for, uh, for a few games. That'd be yeah, kind of special. Old time sake. Yeah, exactly. Got one from Andrew here says the 1996 Olympic team versus the 92 dream team, seven game series, who wins and in how many games? It's a good question. You know, I think that 96 team, we had six guys from the 92 team on that mm -hmm. team. And then you throw in there Hakeem, Shaq. Who? I've never Hakeem heard of either one of those. I don't know Hakeem. who either one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who are they? Hakeem, Shaq, Penny, myself, Reggie Miller, and Mitch Richmond. Mm. And, and so – you know, it was six new, six old. Um, of course, we think we could we could have beat them. I mean, obviously, Michael was Michael, yeah. and uh, he would have been a load for anyone. But uh, that '96 team is weird. Like that team is almost forgotten at times. You know, I think we talk about the '92 team, mm -hmm. and then we talk about the 2018 or the 2012 yeah. team. The Dean uh, team, yep. Yeah, and, and and that '96 team was 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 pretty deadly, and you know, we blew everybody out. Tell you a funny story. I remember it, nobody wanted to really be the leading scorer in that game <laughs> because they knew they had to get drug tested. So when you saw the, you know, the, the, the Olympic committee the drug test, uh -huh. I felt like they drug tested Carl Malone every game. Like that was that was gonna happen. And then if yeah. you happen to leave, if you happen to lead the 
the, the, the game in scoring, you were also drugged. And that, so early on, I think we caught on to that trend. Right. So in some of those games, if you're watching these blowouts, we're passing the ball around. Like it'd be a four and one and nobody and nobody won. <laughs> and it was like, you know, because nobody wanted to be the, the leading score, you know. And, and, and so, you know, but that team was, was a great. There was some, le- I mean, everybody on that team, for the most part, maybe with the exception of Penny, is a Hall of Famer. And Penny should be a Hall of Famer, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, and so that was a great, great team. And, uh, and so, yeah, we like to think we beat 92 for sure. So I'm hearing you 96 and four. Y'all were four game sweep the dream team is what I'm hearing. You know, we, we, we keep it interesting. So we, 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 we beat them at six, you know. Okay. Yeah. Just, for, tele, for television ratings, you know. Yeah. Give them some hope. Just give them a little bit of hope. hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got one from Swigonski here. As a part owner of the Hawks, can you give any insight into the draft process that you've gone through? Well, I mean, as, it, as it's right now or just in general? Uh, I get just in general. Yeah, I mean, in normal environment, I mean, what, what ends up happening, our basketball operations department, led by Travis Schlink and his entire staff, you know, throughout the year, they're, they're going out there. Uh, they're watching players in college. They're going overseas watching players. Um, and, and they're just, you know, the eyeball test. And, and you know, really kind of getting a sense uh, for what players are, you really get you get a better appreciation watching people in person as opposed to on film because yeah. you can really key in and watch them. You can watch them, you know, go through adversity, go through you know good times, how they interact with their teammates, how they interact with their coach, um, you know, what their body language, all of that you can see in person. Uh, and so that happens all throughout the season, uh, in college and overseas. And then you know once that's over, it's about you know information. And it's, you know, gathering information, talking to people, talking to coaches, talking to, uh, you know, strength coaches and athletic trainers who work with them, Uh, you know, trying to get a better understanding of of, of who they are, what their personality is like. Do they have the right kind of character Will that character fit in our locker room? Uh, And then, of course, you know, you you begin the, the interview process as you, you know, you get closer and closer to the draft and you go to Chicago and the combines and you know, you're, and then you bring players in and, 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 and bringing players in is not so much to, to train them and work them out, although you get a chance to see them, but you get a chance to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot, uh, a, a, a lot goes into, you know, what that's like, who are they as people, you know, you're, you're doing all you can to sort of, cause it's a, it's a bit of a, you're rolling the dice, you know, not just in terms of talent, but also in terms of character, personality and fit. Um, and then, you know, obviously that, that all builds up to, you know, to the draft and the jockeying for a position and so on and so forth. Now, that's all been disrupted in this environment. Okay. You know, once once Adam Silver made that decision March 11th, you know, we've had no contact in person. We haven't been able to watch. Um, we haven't even been able to really begin the interview process, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that will all happen virtually. Um, so we'll try our best with technology, like most industries right now are trying their best with zoom and, and, and technology and so on and so forth. Um, but it won't be the same. And we have a, we have the sixth pick this year. So that's an important pick for us. And as a young franchise, you know, trying desperately to, to make some changes. Out of here, I want to respect your time. We've got one more from Temporary Stepdad to go out on. What's your favorite Kobe memory? Guy you played against for a number of years. 
Yeah, I mean, my favorite Kobe memory is, um, you know, 1998 lockout. Um, I'm in LA, mm. and I'm at the, you know, my what my my wife we're we're engaged, and she's in LA, and and one night I go to the UCLA men's gym, and you know, at night nobody's in there, and I'm just gonna get some shots up, work on some things, and Kobe's in there. And and we're both working on separate back baskets. We had filmed a commercial together, I think, um, earlier that year. We knew each other. I'd met him when he was in high school, and then we just played one on one. You know, we went at it. We went and played one on one, and and just you know, it was like it was almost it was it was something that didn't really happen as much at that point in my career. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like me and my friends when we were 10, 11 years old and we're just like on a basket playing one on one. Right. Yeah. And you just felt like, around. yeah, like you're playing, like you're going at it, you're competing, you're, you know, and, and you don't that didn't happen at that point with me and other players in the league at that point in my career. And then afterwards, we just sat and talked. We talked basketball. We talked about life. We, you know, and, and, and I, I didn't pretend to be close with Kobe, but that was a moment that more so than you know moments in games and certainly at the end of my career i'm trying to guard him with one leg and you know <laughs> right. I, and, and it's, you know he's 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 had some great moments but it was just like that was there was just an innocence there was a there was something pure about that moment that sometimes as a pro you don't experience right. and it just as i think back on it it reminds me of like before the nba before college before i even thought that was a possibility i was just in love with the game and you know i'd go to the park and, you know, be me and my friend and we just play one-on-one and, and, and it was almost like that in a way. And so, um, but you know, that's, you know, there's, there's so much to admire about Kobe um, and, you know, what he accomplished on and off the court and what he was going to accomplish, I believe uh, as, as he went forward. Um, but for me, that's something that, that really sticks out and something that I'll, that I'll always cherish and remember. Got one more. We're here from uh, Liam Pierce, thirty-three. What is your best place to eat in Atlanta? Uh, I'm in Atlanta currently, so give, give yeah. me a good one. Give me a good one, man. I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, there's some good spots. So you know, the team is downtown. Uh, I, I stayed. I stayed midtown. I worked midtown with Turner Sports. So um, and you know, Geo's is a good spot. Um, uh, I like uh, non Thai food spot uh, mm-hmm. Midtown. Uh, I like Umi out in Buckhead. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. you know a Japanese style, uh, spot. Um, Chop House. Chop House. Those are my good. favorites right there. Those are the ones that that I like the most. And um, but I really like Gio's. Uh, that, that lemon pepper lemon pepper chicken is uh, that's, is that's real, the one, man. huh? That's okay. the one. <laughs> and I miss it because I haven't been there in a while. So I'll, I'm gonna have to check it out. I'll, I'll let you know if it still holds up. Yeah, please do. Please do. Please do. And one last question: We're building a, a legends playlist. We got a couple tracks last week from Sean Marion. So just one or two tracks. What, what, like, what are you listening to right now? Could be anything. You know, man, I just I just downloaded the Nas album. I was working okay. out um, yesterday before all this stuff started mm-hmm. to happen and Nas's new album man that thing was I, I didn't even get all the way through it I only listened to the first four or five songs but Sound like pretty I, good I, I'm, I'm feeling it man I, I can't even remember the name of it I got to look at okay. it real quick but uh King's Disease King's and Disease. his new his new album just was was dropped and uh so that's that's what I'm 
And that's what I'm rocking with right now. Okay. Consider it added to the playlist. All right. All right. All right, Grant. Thank you so much for your time. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, Legends Live, of course, we've got new episodes live every Thursday. Usually we'll go back to uh, 5 p.m. Eastern next week. You can catch us on the NBA alumni Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. We'll rotate it WNBA legend, uh, NBA back and forth. And viewers can see any replays of any old episodes at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live.